0: Hello, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. I have two topics today. First, I'm going to kick it off talking a little basketball, and then going to switch to football. Huge game on Saturday at Kinnick Stadium with the Wisconsin Badgers coming to town. So let's first talk some basketball. It was a doubleheader at Carver-Hawkeye Arena on Monday night. The women just destroyed Southern U in the nightcap, 87-34. to 34. After the first period, the score was 15 to 10. The Hawkeyes were leading, but by the end of that second quarter, this was this was game over pretty much. It was not in doubt anymore. After the Hawkeyes outscored Southern 28 to five before the half, Caitlin Clark had 20 points, nine rebounds in just 20 minutes. And the fourth-ranked Hawkeyes had a nice little tune-up. One of those games where they could let everybody play, and they have Evansville next before traveling to Des Moines to face the Drake Bulldogs. And there are several ranked teams on the schedule coming up pretty soon. Well, for the men's game, I had to hit record on Monday night. My son had a basketball game, so I watched it late Monday evening. And it was really fun to watch. And, you know, again, this is just one game. I'm not sure about the competition level here as well. But I really enjoyed watching Bethune-Cookman with Head coach, Reggie Theus, on the sideline. He was a smooth NBA player when I was a kid. He's the head coach and athletic director for Bethune-Cookman. But the Hawkeyes just really dominated this game. Like the women, you know, just a good tune-up. And after that exhibition game last week, where everyone could get in and play, guys could face some different competition, get used to playing in front of a crowd, and just a just a real blowout. The Hawkeyes led 54 35 at the half and the final score was 89 to 58 a nice victory to start the season for the Hawkeyes and that 89 points was you know with starters only playing 20 to 23 minutes so a lot of time for the reserves to get out there show what they can do on the court as with the exhibition game the prior week the starting lineup was Tony Perkins at the one Sanford at the two Patty Mack at the three chris murray at the four and then a beefed up when i say beefed up i mean in a good way philip Rabraccia looks like he's put on some muscle and he was at the five position and i really like the athleticism of that group everyone can bring the ball up the court i wouldn't i wouldn't have really believed it with rebracha but there were a couple of times where he got the rebound and just immediately took the ball the other way dribbled across half court now will that happen much in the big 10 probably not but he he looks like he has really been working hard in the offseason, and that's what the players and coaches have been saying about Rebracha. And, and it showed on the court. All five starters scored in double figures in this game. They seem to really have good chemistry on the floor and look like they were you know, just as happy getting an assist as they were making a basket and and going after rebounds and playing some good defense too, so... Good start for the Hawkeyes. This is going to be a high-flying, high-scoring team. And and with the length and athleticism of this group, they could be a much better defensive team than we've seen in the past as well. Now, I don't know who is going to be the main leader on this team. Is somebody going to step up and be that main leader? But I kind of think that all of the starters will take on that role at times, and that's probably even better if you have multiple guys, uh, pretty much everyone out there being a leader. Of course Connor McCaffrey off the bench as well with his experience but you know starting with Tony Perkins he just looked really good Monday night he had a steal and a dunk he completely fooled the defender with a stutter step move and lay in he scored 16 points on 7 of 9 shooting and 2 of 2 from 3 he looks confident out there uh, really skilled and and he's quickly becoming a fan favorite he plays with a lot of passion and he's fun to watch He had five assists in 20 minutes from that point guard position. And you can tell that he is becoming a leader out on the court. Now, Chris Murray had 14 points. He was five of eight from the floor, just one of four from three. He shot 39% from three last year, so don't worry about that. Look for him to shoot at least 40% from three for the season. Peyton Sanford had 13 from the starting two position. He looks really active out there on both ends of the court, getting rebounds and putbacks. And really hustling. He was 5 of 11 from the field. After hitting a couple of early threes. He did get a little bit cold from deep. Ended 3 of 9 from long range. And Patrick McCaffrey was 3 of 7 from the field. 3 of 5 from 3. Scored 12 points. He did have a couple of those plays where he got into the lane. You know, again, where he just didn't really seem like he knew what to do. A little bit out of control. I know they're working on that. And hopefully he'll get that reined in a little bit as the season goes on. And finally starting center rebracha had a double double with 11 points 10 rebounds and he was just a rock inside scoring at will he shot four or five from the field got a couple of assists from the post as well and i think we're going to be really happy with the production of her this year and like i said before i'm really excited about this starting five a lot more question marks off the bench and it's going to be a work in progress with some really young players but Aaron Eulis scored four points, had three assists in 22 minutes. He was 0 of three from deep, and I'm really hoping he can get his three-point percentage up to at least 35% off the bench so that defenses have to respect his shooting from the outside. You don't want them sagging off of him uh, when he comes in. But I think he's going to be a really good option off the bench at either the one or two position this year with his experience. Connor McCaffrey had six points on two of three from long range. His shot is really looking smooth right now, and if he can shoot 40% from three this year, he will be just a huge weapon off the bench. DeSante Bowen, the true freshman point guard, was three of seven from the field, O of one from three with four assists, and he showed flashes. You could see his athleticism, his vision on the court, and he needs to get some confidence out there, but he is going to play a lot of minutes this season. It was good to see him get quite a few the other night. And the other true freshman, Josh Dix, you know, he couldn't get threes to fall at all on Monday night, but you know, all I've heard about him is that he is a really good outside shooter, so I think he'll get going. He just hasn't played in a live game in, in a long time. I mean, not quite a year, but a long time. He, his high school career ended early last year with that bad leg injury. He was 2 of 8 overall and 0 of 5 from 3 in the game. And then the last guy I want to touch on is Joshua Gundalay, the guy they call Big Jelly. He's the tenth man. He's going to get some minutes this year, especially against teams, you know, with with big guys, true centers like Duke, Michigan, Purdue. Um, he made some nice bat. Well, he made a nice basket. It was it was fun. The crowd went nuts. Uh, Running the court, and he nabbed a few rebounds. It's it's a little bit, you know, just frustrating to see that he isn't in better shape by now. I don't expect more than just a few minutes per half from him. Probably, he looks like he gets winded if he goes up and down the court too many times. But he he is a skilled guy, just, just can't quite get him in the shape that he needs to be in to get more minutes. But everyone played in this game. You know, it was really nice to see that early in the season. And I will mention, though, that Amarian Marian Nimmers did not play in this game, and he is considering redshirting this season. Well, overall, the Hawkeyes look good on offense, especially the starting five in limited minutes. They looked good defensively, holding Bethune-Cookman to 35% shooting, while the Hawkeyes shot 50% from the field. And Iowa out-rebounded Bethune-Cookman 44-33. to I think that's a real key to this team this year. They need to rebound on the defensive end to limit second-chance points. Uh, they need to get some easy points on offensive rebounds. And that was a big key last year in the, in the games that the Hawkeyes did a good job of rebounding. They won more often than not. Bethune-Cookman had 16 turnovers. The Hawkeyes 11. That's actually a little high. For a Fran McCaffrey team, but remember, the starters didn't play too much in this game, so eleven turnovers isn't bad. I think the Hawkeyes are going to be a, a team that will take care of the basketball this year while scoring eighty plus points per game. I'm pretty confident in that with this roster. It was there's another primer for the Hawkeyes coming on Friday night? North Carolina a is visiting Carver Hawkeye Arena. I believe that's on Big Ten Plus. The experience I've had with that, I will not be watching that, unfortunately. And then they jump right into some tough competition next Wednesday with Seton Hall on the road in South Orange, New Jersey. Uh, Seton Hall is a private Catholic university, and they have a new coach, Shaheen Holloway. He's back at his alma mater where he was previously an assistant, and he played in the, the late 90s. If you recall, he was the head coach last year of St. Peter's, who went on the big run in the NCAA tournament, made it to the Elite Eight. So Seton Hall has a, a talented roster. They're, they're thin on the front line this year. They have a couple of injured guys and really just one six seven, big man. So I, I think that's going to be something the Hawkeyes can exploit. But they do have a long backcourt similar to Iowa, some tall guys in their backcourt. So they have some height, just not a whole lot of girth and not guys used to banging down low. So look for a really big day from Chris Murray and from Philippa Bracha next week against Seton Hall. I love this time of year with both football and basketball going. And next, I'm going to talk briefly about the upcoming game on Saturday against the Wisconsin Badgers. And I mentioned this the other day, but I just think Saturday's game is going to be a grinded-out physical game. You know They typically are with Wisconsin, so that's no shocker there, but Iowa has come out on the bad end of, end of a lot of these games of late. The Hawkeyes won the COVID 2020 season, and then you go back to 2015 for a win, and there were a couple of games in there that Wisconsin just stole where Iowa gave away with turnovers. Things didn't go the Hawkeyes' way for whatever reason, but the wins were there, and the Hawkeyes still came up short. And it's really interesting how things have gone for Wisconsin this year. They blanked. Illinois State 38-0, you're thinking same old Wisconsin, pretty nice day for Mertz, Braylon Allen the big sophomore running back with 150 yards, two touchdowns on just 14 carries, but then Washington State traveled to Madison and beat the Badgers 17-14 to you know, just really kind of shocking home loss for Wisconsin, and not a great game for Mertz, he was 18 of 31 passing, had a couple touchdowns one interception, Braylon Allen Not bad. He had 98 yards on 21 carries. They just couldn't put enough points on the board. And the defense didn't give up much either, just 200 yards passing. Uh, The Cougars quarterback had two interceptions and they only had 50 yards rushing. But somehow they pulled the upset and got the road win over the Badgers. And that's when things really started going south for Paul Christ. And, you know, maybe there were things before that. You know, last year not getting to the Big Ten championship, losing late and, and the Hawkeyes getting to go to Indy. But Wisconsin came back to destroy just a horrible New Mexico State team after that before getting pounded 52-21 to by the Buckeyes and then losing 34-10 to Illinois. Of course, Illinois is, is led by former Badger head coach Brett Bielema. And that was it for Chris. A 2-3 and three start, losing to Bielema, the Wisconsin former coach. And the lowly Illini, now Illinois doesn't look that bad, but but at the time, we we still had our doubts about Illinois. And that was it. Chris was fired, and defensive coordinator Jim Leonard took over as the interim coach. And I do think that Leonard will be the head coach when all is said and done, unless someone really big wants to go there that they can't refuse, and they're fine with letting Leonard go. But look what, what Jim Leonard has done on the defensive side of the ball. He has made their defense so good. And, and it just seems like if he can get an, a good offensive coordinator in there, Wisconsin could become a really good team. And, and how familiar does that sound? Like Iowa and Kirk Ferris get a really good offensive coordinator and think of how good the Hawkeyes could be with just superb defense and special teams units. Well, the first week. After Leonard took over, Wisconsin just cruised to a 42-7 win over Northwestern. And, of course, it is Northwestern, but they're kind of, you know, it's a weird deal with Northwestern. We've seen them play some teams pretty tough, and Wisconsin just blew them out. The Hawkeyes also took care of the Wildcats easily. Wisconsin then traveled to Michigan State, lost in overtime. Mert struggled with accuracy in that game. Braylon Allen had 120 yards rushing, but it took 29 carries. So the Spartans did a nice job of slowing him down at least. And that's the only blemish on Leonard as head coach so far. He followed that up with a win over Purdue and a win over Maryland. Neither great teams. And Purdue was able to put up some yards as well as 24 points against the Badgers. But Wisconsin with 35 points in that game and 23 against Maryland. But Wisconsin, you know, they did struggle throwing the ball against the Terrapins. When Leonard took over as the interim head coach, he told the offensive coaches they need to get the ball into the hands of their most dynamic playmakers. And he, he knew that opponents were going to stack the box and put the pressure on their running backs and their offensive line and that the offense needed to be able to be more balanced and balance that running game with a more effective passing game. They can't do everything they want with the personnel they have this year, but they, they have made changes to the offense and they've been installing what they can over time, such as the pistol formation, where the quarterback can read the defense as soon as he receives the snap in a shotgun formation. The quarterback isn't quite as deep in the backfield as he is in the shotgun and has the option to pass or run from that formation. They've been using the, the jumbo formation, and Chris did that too some, where they add a six offensive lineman, so look for that in this game. It's similar to what Iowa does with two tight ends, but they have a guy that's 300 pounds that comes in to help them run the ball so that seems to be pretty effective with them And you see Brett Bielema doing that a lot at Illinois right now and Wisconsin's line has not been as good as normal this year that's been one of their issues but that's helped bolster their running game by adding that extra offensive lineman and they're using RPOs the the run pass options with Mertz letting him read the defense and either hand off um, if the safety and the linebacker bite on the play fake he'll have know, a wide receiver with one-on-one coverage. That's been working out for them. And they're still running some Wildcat with Braylon Allen. And Braylon Allen even has a touchdown pass running the Wildcat offense this year. And I like what they're doing with the Wildcat. They're they're just running it on a random play and a drive. Not dedicating the whole series to the Wildcat. So the defense isn't ready for it. And and it seems to be more effective that way. And then they've been doing a lot of jet sweeps. Having a lot of pre-snap motion. And they've run some of those in the past, but they're doing a lot more of the pre-snap motions and jet, jet sweeps and spreading out the defense, keeping them honest, not giving them the opportunity to just pack it in the middle and stuff the running game. And it's, it's not all new stuff. As I said, Chris has done a lot of this stuff in the past, but um, he's having the offense utilize them more often or a little bit differently than they have in the past. And the offense seems to be making some progress. Mertz seems to be doing a little bit better this year as well. We're seeing the Hawkeyes do some of those things too. You know, I'd love to see the Iowa offense start evolving to more of that. It doesn't mean you don't run the ball, uh, but it'd be nice to, in future years, to have a more athletic quarterback who can tuck and run. And the Iowa offense will always, under Kirk Ferris, want to run the ball. You know, that's how it's always been and always will be. And, And I like that. I like running the football. And I think you win games that way. Um, but also they need to focus on getting the ball quickly to the playmakers in that pass game, and they've been doing a lot more of that lately, or at least just having a lot more success with that lately. You know, I don't know. I don't know that they're doing anything new right now, but just the way they're utilizing things, it seems to be working. Short crossing patterns, jet sweeps, and that's going to make this Iowa offense more attractive to athletic wide receivers as well by giving them more opportunities in both the run and pass game and the offense the last couple of weeks has been fun to watch and of course the defenses that they've played haven't been quite as good either but I really think this is going to be a, just a dogfight Saturday a really fun game to watch it's not quite the Wisconsin offense we've seen in the past it's not the quite the Wisconsin defense we've seen in the past you know the defense is pretty good they have a total defense ranking of 23rd in the nation That's better than Purdue, a lot better than Northwestern. They're giving up just 325 yards per game. The number three Hawkeyes in the nation in total defense are giving up just 264 yards per game. And as far as total offense, uh, offensive ranking, Wisconsin is pretty average at 73rd in the nation, averaging 380 yards per game. In the end, I think Caleb Johnson is going to keep rolling. I think the Hawkeyes are going to continue doing the things they've done on offense the last couple of weeks where they've had some success, and put, and will be able to put some points on the board. And Iowa's defense is going to make things really difficult for Graham Mertz and the Badgers. I do think Braylon Allen will get to 100 yards, but it's going to be a hard fight. 100 yards on 20-plus on carries, maybe 25 carries plus, and, and the Hawkeyes are going to prevail in this game 24-20. to 20. That's a lot higher than a lot of people are predicting. A lot of people are saying... Take the under on this one. It's going to be, you know, ten to seven or or thirteen to seven, something like that. But I think there's going to be some points in this game. I don't know why that that's the feeling I get. I I could even see the Hawkeyes winning twenty four to ten, with the Badgers not being able to do much against Iowa's defense. But Mertz is having a better year. He has seventeen touchdowns to six interceptions this season, completing sixty percent of his passes. But I think the Hawkeyes are going to be able to get a turnover or two from him. Just a really huge game on a cold November day at Kinnick. Iowa offensive line is going to have to keep Nate Herbig, the linebacker for Wisconsin, out of the backfield. Try to give Spencer a clean pocket. Herbig, has, or Herbig he has uh, eight sacks on the season. He's leading the nation. And both teams are playing for bowl eligibility. Both are 5-4. and four both with a slight chance to make it to Indy for the championship if Illinois loses a couple more times this season. I really think Illinois is going to beat Purdue. I don't think Purdue is going to be able to do much against Illinois' defense, but I'll be rooting for Purdue. That's rare, but I will be rooting for Purdue to upset Illinois and keep the Hawkeyes' hopes alive as long as the Hawkeyes can get a win on Saturday. The Heartland Trophy is on the line. Wisconsin currently holds the bowl and he needs to get back to Iowa City. Let's get that W and go, Hawks!